This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Will Robles and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. All righty. What is going on, everybody? What's going on, guys? We are streaming on Twitch live for the first time. We'll, we'll see how this goes. It's a little different. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show with your boys Jonathan and Will. What's going on? In person. Uh, for those of you listening right now, this is uh, October 6, 2019, just after 7 o'clock. Uh, if you're listening to this on any of your podcast you know, platforms, devices, you'll be hearing this Monday morning. But if you're on Twitch right now, you're going to be seeing this and hearing this live right now. Um, so yeah, this is just the first time that uh, we decided to do this. If you do have a Twitch account, you can go to twitch.tv slash show. Follow us. So when we uh, you know, record the episodes, we'll live stream them. You guys can come and, and hang out in the chat, ask any questions. Or if you just like looking at us for whatever reason, uh, you can do that as well. Uh, we don't have the best camera quality right now, but, uh, but that's all right. Uh, maybe in the, the future, if uh, this does pretty well maybe we'll upgrade the the camera quality but uh but who knows anyways will my man uh we had a lot of stuff happen this week oh, yeah. a lot of stuff you know went on uh obviously media day being the the huge thing monday uh really the the first look that that we've gotten uh at the magic in, in quite some time um in uniform you know we lost obviously five games in toronto back in april whatever that was yeah um but this kind of marks like the official start of the season. Like this really marks the fact that like obviously training camp starting, preseason's getting ready to start, and then not far behind that is going to be the season, the regular season, yep. right? So, um, media day, you know, they do all the social media stuff, they do all the the videos, all the reads for all the the radio stations, you know, all that good stuff. Obviously, each player comes in, and uh, you know, they do their own, you know, little. Uh, like interview with the media, their own little media scrum, you know, all that good stuff. So um, really, but with that morning, what we, you and I haven't really been able to talk about too much, especially not on the podcast, was the release or the, the leak of the, the statement jersey. Yeah. So this new jersey that they released that for the most part is completely blue. And then there's a side panel on the jersey and side panel on the shorts of kind of, you know, the, the retro classic black and white pinstripe. So yeah. what, what were your thoughts on that? What did you think when you saw that? How do you feel about the jersey? Are you going to buy one? All that I good mean, stuff. I mean, I'd probably buy one just to have it. Um, first look at it, though, wasn't my favorite. Um, I didn't like how it was just like the block of the, the pinstripe. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, on the sides, it just looked like it was – I don't know. I just – just seeing it right there kind of bought, like messed with my eyes or something. Like I would rather if it came all the way down, you know, vertically from, you know, from the, the armpit and just go straight down. Right. Then just to have two blocks that are like are right there on the side of the Jersey. Um, but then the shorts, I actually like the shorts. Um, but yeah, first look, I wasn't too impressed. A lot of people are saying that's kind of like their favorite thing about the Jersey, you know, is the shorts. Yeah. The only thing that kind of threw me off is like, yeah, it's really cool if you're seeing it from the side, but from the front or the back, it just looks like a plain blue jersey. What I think would have been kind of cool is if they would have took – and I, some people are like, oh, you know, it's kind of refreshing to get away from the pinstripes. Me, like you can throw pinstripes on everything. I mean, yeah. we've, we've got the star jersey here. I know you can see that, everybody. Tracy McGrady wore this for a reason. We'll talk about that in a little bit. 
But even this has elements of the pinstripes, you know, in the stars. Yeah, I just thought it was just too basic. Like it was, it was plain. It, it didn't, it didn't, it lacked creativity. It was just like let's just put a little bit on the side and then call that our New Jersey. Like I wasn't a fan of it. Well, this is what I kind of would have liked to see is. If you're going with the blue, right, at least do, like, the blue with the white pinstripes. You know, like, I, I'm a big fan of that. And then have that black patch just kind of, like, intermesh with that nicely so it looks, it still looks clean. It still looks like a cool design. But yeah. I'm just not a fan of, like, the plain blue front. Like, the jerseys that we were wearing in, like, 2007, like, around that, where it was just white and it said, like, Magic, or it yeah, was blue it was... and just said Orlando, those, to me, were just, you know, pretty whack. Yeah. Um. But the the more that I look at it, the more that I like it because like it's it's kind of signifying that like this is our own era, this is our own design, but it's obviously still paying you know that homage to the past. Yeah. But it's the fact that it's like it's almost like it's the jersey's kind of like ripping open, and you have like the the pinstripe. So like no matter what happens to the franchise or what we do with the design, like the pinstripes are always like the foundation and always are the main thing. Like that's kind of the, I don't know if that was the idea behind the design and everything like that, but at least that's, you know, kind of what I, I got from it. But yeah. uh, same with you, you know, my shorts are the favorite part of it. Um, the one thing that we still have, well, the two things that we really have not seen yet uh, that we didn't get a chance to see on media day were one, the orange Jersey. I'm, we're whatever it's it's it real is what it's it happening is, yeah. let's embrace it 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 is what it is like you said um but i'm I'm excited to see what that's going to look like now um even if it's boring as long as it's not hideous it can be boring just make it look good don't make it hideous that's that's I mean, the only if thing it's anything at this point like that the, i can ask like the court i don't know well i think they're going to go with that color scheme like the orange and like the slate gray or whatever yeah, but, but if it's just like wow <laughs> uh, like if, if know, it's just man. like ooh, i don't yeah I I don't know, man. Uh, we can we can kind of reserve all opinions until we see it. Uh, the other thing that we haven't seen yet is the earned jerseys. So uh, if you're not familiar with the earned edition jerseys, since Nike has taken over the design of all the NBA team jerseys, all of the teams that make the playoffs the year before going into the next season, they get a quote unquote earned edition jersey. They earned their way into the playoffs, into the postseason, all of that good stuff. But if I remember correctly, we didn't see those for a while last year either so it still might be a few weeks or a few months before we really get a chance uh to see those yeah so outside of you know all the kind of razzle dazzle you know social media day with the awesome hype videos which if you haven't seen that you definitely need to go to the orlando magic site and check that out um you know all the the hoopla all the the photo shoots and all that cool stuff aside um what really to me was the most interesting part about media day um was the and, and let's give a shout out to all of our all the teams that were at Media Day covering it, you know, Close Up Magic, the Zone BB, the Orlando Magic podcast. Oh yeah. You know, the the same old John Denton, Josh Robbins, you know, Roy Perry from the Orlando Sentinel. Everybody just like killed it. Everybody did oh, yeah. such a great job. Um there wasn't a time Monday if you would open up your timeline that you weren't seeing something new about the magic being posted. So that was, that was really great. So thanks to all the the teams that were there covering, we will be there next year. That is, that is a goal. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But anyways, apart from that, was just the all the interviews, you know, from all the players. A lot of these guys, you know, we've heard kind of sound bites and stuff from them, you know, over the past few months. But this is the first time back in, you know, the what is it, the Advent Health practice facility now, um, in front of our media, the people that really know this team, that know, you know, what questions to ask. So, um, what were just some of from those interviews? Like, what is something that maybe stood out to you, or like, what were your kind of takeaways from from some of those interviews? I mean, just hearing the players talk um, coming off of, you know, the season that they had last year, I just felt like they were ready to go get this, um, you know, get the season started. Um, they all seemed super excited. Um, and then Markel Fultz, like just hearing him talk and just talking about how, you know, the struggle that it's been, you know, of him being injured and then coming back and people not really believing in him and, and stuff like that. It's just it's like refreshing and it's like a boost of confidence for the fans too to like see this team like they're ready to go. You know? Well, the coolest thing for me with Mar- with Markel and this has just been like something that he has repeated that his teammates have repeated just like over and over and over again is just like how grateful you know he is to yeah. be on the basketball court again and regardless of right now how he performs or you know how good he looks or doesn't look whatever the case may be uh, just the fact that he's back on the basketball court and you can just see how happy he is and everything like that you just can't be anything else you know than, than happy for the kid uh, outside of that I think the the thing that really stood out to a lot of people uh, and probably was you know the the most popular line of the day was Terrence Ross talking about Jonathan Isaac, about how much muscle he's put on, how tall he is, yeah. you know, standing to Mo, saying, not sure if he's taller than Mo, but it, it's pretty close. But he was just talking about the fact that he's never seen a guy that big, that tall, that long, move the way that he does. And he uh, likened it to a giraffe moving like a lion. Yeah. And that's just kind of become like a, a joke, like across all the social media accounts, you know, Instagram, you know, Twitter, Reddit, all that stuff is that Jonathan is this giraffe moving like a lion, which is just a really crazy <laughs> thing to think about if you actually try to visualize it. But um, we'll talk more about Jonathan uh, as far as something that happened, you know, at practice this week on his birthday. Um, Shout out to T-Mac, uh, but also the preseason game last night. But um, just all we kind of get wrapped up in all this hype about Markel Fultz. And we kind of, not that we forget, but we don't talk as much about how exciting it is to, that we have guys like Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, and Mo Bamba yeah. that are also part of this core of this team that uh, we really, you know, have a lot to look forward to. But but then just everybody, you know, coming in, um, guys like DJ uh, Vooch, uh, Evan Fournier just talking about the fact that yeah we played really well last year but we're gonna have to work that much harder this year to continue that success you know heading into yeah, to the following season. There's expectations now, you know, and they gotta live up to it. So um, hopefully that's you know that's what they do. They live up to these expectations that they're they're setting for themselves, and you know that us fans, you know, we're hoping that we make it to the playoffs, we go deep in the playoffs, stuff like that. So. Dante Marcatelli, uh, in a few interviews this week, um, I believe one was with Jeff Weltman, if I'm not mistaken, but he quoted uh, something that Stan Van Gundy used to tell the guys when he was here in Orlando that in order to get to where you were the year before, you have to work twice as hard 
as you did the previous year, just to get back to that point. Yeah. So just to get back to the point of being 42 and 40, being the seventh seed in the playoffs, you're going to have to work twice as hard just to get back to that point. So a lot of people are throwing out, you know, expectations and possibilities of like, you know, 47, 50 wins. We're talking about possibly, you know, the the third or, or fourth course, or fifth yeah. seed, something like that, you know, fighting for home court advantage. So this team is really going to have to take things very seriously from day one in order to to get back to that point. Uh, and kind of jumping off of that point, Tuesday, you know, the first real day of training camp where the the team had you know two a days. They had you know a practice you know in the the you know late morning, early afternoon, and then another practice you know kind of like mid afternoon. But after that first practice, you know, they're asking guys, "Oh, how did the first practice go?" Oh, you know, it went pretty well. You know, it went okay. You know, yeah. it's the first day. Then we get to Steve Clifford, and Steve Clifford came short of saying that it was horrible. Like, yeah, pretty much. He, he was saying that it was not good enough. Like, he he was saying that you know, thirty teams in the NBA, he, he would say that most teams had a better first practice than the Magic had. A lot of that is obviously, I think, just trying to motivate the guys, letting them know that you know what. What we did last year means absolutely nothing now. You guys are going to have to come in here, work hard every single day. And a big point that you and I talked about last year heading into the playoffs was that, yeah, what we're not winning a championship. Some people were saying that we needed to tank or whatever for Zion or John Morant. or Still whoever blows the my case. mind. Yeah. yeah. We're way over that. But we were saying that even if these guys lose in the first round, even if they get swept, the fact that they're playing meaningful games into March and into April, everybody's coming into work every single day, working their tail off because nobody wanted to be the guy, you know, the the weak link in the chain, as they say, that kind of let everybody else down. Yeah. So I think we should expect guys to have that mentality the entire year this year. Nobody wants to be the guy that, you know, gets in the way of this team, you know, building upon last year. So what what are your thoughts on that? Clifford basically coming out and setting an expectation from day one that like what you think is good enough is not going to be good yeah, enough. Yeah, I thought it was great. You know, especially like him telling the the team like, yo, there's the whole the whole league is out there, you know, practicing and and, and training right now and we don't compare. Like um our we need to just step it up like there's all the other teams are are playing hard right now training and stuff like that um but just letting them know like this season we can go far this season if you guys put in the time the effort the hard work like you can't come in here playing soft you know and not trying as hard as you can um so we can make this season a successful season so i thought it was great and then you know following up with the other training camp or training days and um you know he said they played much better so you know it worked the thing that i love about cliff and the thing that he's kind of done from day one i brought up this a, a couple of times but it was early in the season last year I, I don't i think it was within the first you know two weeks maybe the first month or so i forget who are we who we were playing but aaron gordon basically decided he wanted to play like a little bit of hero iso ball yeah i think ended up either missing the shot or turning the ball over Next time down the floor, we get the ball back. Cliff calls the timeout, brings Aaron Gordon, and you can just see him rip him on live TV in front of everybody, in front of all of his teammates. Everybody knows that Aaron Gordon is one of the veterans of this team at this point, Um, one of the high, maybe even the highest profile player on the team. Yeah, Vooch made the all-star team, but the the slam dunk contest of Aaron Gordon just kind of turned him into like a a mini celebrity. Yeah, pretty much. But 
to rip that guy in front of the entire team is showing everybody else that everybody on this team is accountable. Yeah. So him coming out and saying that the first day of training camp isn't like, oh, he, you know, he's really ragging on these guys. No, he's keeping the entire locker room accountable. He's letting them know that like this is not going to slide. And I, I really don't buy the fact that you know they really had that bad of a practice. I think regardless, he was going to come out and you know set this expectation that you know we have to do better, we have to work harder than we did last year. You've got to come in here every single day with a purpose, and you just need to kill it because all other teams in the league are, are starting just where we're at right now. Yeah. We need to make sure that we work harder basically than anybody else. So um, I was just a big fan of, of that. When I saw that, that just made me really excited let these guys know that nothing less than their best is going to cut it. Exactly, you know, it's yeah. time to get to work and, uh, you know, set that expectation. So, so great job by cliff. Uh, the next thing I, I did want to talk about, I'm wearing the Jersey for a reason. Uh, Tracy McGrady, you know, both of our favorite player of all time. T-Mac. I'm pretty sure T Mizzle, uh, T Mac, uh, Thursday showed up to practice at the Amway center. Um, was asked, you know, either either by management. I'm assuming, you know, it was by, you know, Steve Clifford, who's, you know, got a lot of history with, with Tracy McGrady, you know, working on Jeff Van Gundy's staff um, in Houston. But anyways, T-Mac came down um, and was just telling them the story about, you know, when he was playing for Houston, you know, Yao was killing it, you know, the in the very beginning of the season. They went on like a 12-game winning streak. Yao goes down for the rest of the year, and he's got just, you know, basically like LeBron's 2006 Cavaliers, a bunch of, not nobodies, but basically nobodies. Bas- yeah, basically. And um, they they could have, you know, packed it in. They could have gave up on the season or whatever. They rip off another, you know, 10 games in a row, and which to that point was the second longest win streak in NBA history. So kind of shared that with the guys just to kind of get them motivated, uh, keep them, you know, with the mindset that they have to be resilient no matter what happens. Uh, but that day also happened to be young Jonathan Judah, the Lyle Raff, uh, as I've been calling him lately. <laughs> the Lyle the Raff. Lyle Raff. Um, <laughs> like, you remember uh, Napoleon Dynamite, the Liger? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, so yeah, Jonathan Isaac, basically Tracy McGrady's uh, birthday gift to him was for about 20 to 25 minutes. They worked together, you know, playing one-on-one. Tracy McGrady was, you know, kind of showing him different moves that he used to use and able to, mm-hmm. to create space and, and this, that, and the other. So what what do you think, um, you know, how big is of a deal is that to a younger player like Jonathan Isaac? And if Jonathan Isaac starts pulling out moves like Tracy McGrady, what, what are we looking at here? Dude, we're looking at a monster. We're looking at Kevin you, Durant. Like, he, I know he was showing him like his his pivot moves down in the low post. Can you imagine Jonathan Isaac being able to move down low on the block with those like Nobody's spin moves? Nobody's blocking that. It's gonna be crazy. So if he even like does it a little bit this season, I'm I'm like this guy's gonna be on another level, more so than like more than we expect. Like we can expect it, but like if he can pull this off and just like really take in what T-Mac, you know, was showing them and stuff like that, um, especially on the block, then, you know, I think we're, we're going to see a future all-star real soon. So let's kind of take this and let's, like, jump right into the preseason game. So um, there was, there was a, a play last night where Jonathan Isaac, you know, is basically coming down the court, hits, I forget who was, 
guarding him. It was so hard to watch on that stream, that Jumbotron I wasn't, stream. Yeah, I wasn't able to watch it. I, oh, my gosh, dude. The resolution was absolutely terrible. But hits a crossover move, then goes, drives to the rim, fakes right, takes the defender with him, dumps it off to Bamba, who then hits a dunk. Like, yeah. If Jonathan Isaac is going to start like making crossover moves and like real triple moves yeah. and getting to the basket, like... This team, it's gonna, it would be a huge deal for this team. For him to be seven foot and like that play specifically that you're talking about reminded me of like a Kevin Durant just like stepping, you know, crossing over. I was like, man, this, his handles are like real good right now. Absolutely. So, you saw, he, I feel like you saw a little bit of that in the uh, the Team USA, like the blue and white scrimmage. We saw him making some. I mean, yeah, the, I he mean, he had like Joe Harris guarding him. At that time, but uh, I think we got a little bit of a feel for that in, in USA basketball. But yeah, it could be a huge deal. for Yeah, him. it's it. I, I mean, if he can if he can dribble like that too, is he's he, we're looking at he's going to have an incredible season. Yeah, I mean, the Orlando Magic come out and you know we go to San Antonio and we win one twenty five to eighty nine. Now most of you know the second half, you know none of the you know Spurs players. Uh, Spurs starters, excuse me, were really playing. You know, we're talking about guys like LaMarcus Aldridge, um, you know, Deontay Murray, um, DeMar DeRozan didn't he even didn't play, play in this Marco game. Marco Bellinelli so didn't play. The score doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. To me, like, what can you take away from a preseason win, right? We know the win doesn't matter. The score doesn't really matter. But to me, it's just a good indication that your team is starting off on the right foot the team looked I mean the continuity we all knew was going to be a big deal but I think this is just like the beginnings of showing that the continuity is really going to be huge they looked so connected on defense for the most part everybody knew where everybody else wanted the ball you know on offense you know apart from guys like Al Farouk Aminu and Markel Fultz who are obviously still kind of figuring out what their role is exactly going to be on this team um Still not very familiar with you know a lot of the other players, um, but for the most part, everybody looked like they were on the same page. First preseason game, you've only had a handful of practices. Um, you know, we're really counting on continuity. The the first group of you know the the first few games of the regular season uh, to really steal a few wins that we might need at the end of the year, depending on you know playoff seating and all of that stuff. Um, but for me. You can't really take too much away from it, but it's rather it's a lot better for the team to look good rather than really bad. Yeah, the team looked really bad. We were like, oh, it's just one preseason game, but at least today we feel a little bit better than you know we did last. Yeah, you know, and than we, than we would have just seeing like the the expressions on the on the players' faces as the game's going. Like, you know, Markel Fultz checks in, you know, scores and whatnot, and just seeing him. Being comfortable, I know he he like airballed a three point shot, but you still have the team, you know, cheering him on. Even like, hey, um, I believe it was Jonathan Isaac was like, it, hey, it was like it was good to see him shoot it. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, if he can just and and just having like his teammates backing him up, you know, it's that extra boost of confidence. So, um, yeah, like, you know, just the players being excited for the season, cheering each other on. That's something that. You know, it, it's good to see early in the season. Um, so I, I, I appreciated that from the players. Well, you know, like Markel said, you know, he felt like the entire team, you know, has his back. They all want to see him do well. They're all yeah. very supportive of him, which is going to be, you know, a great deal. And we've talked about Markel so much the last couple of weeks and with good reason. But I, I just want to kind of briefly touch on Markel. So uh, 17 minutes, you know, six points. 
uh, four assists, two rebounds, two steals, had four turnovers. You could tell at times he was really trying to force things. Uh, but we have to really go into the expectation of this season that you know Markel Fultz is a rookie. This is his rookie season. We've got to allow him to make those mistakes. And I think Clifford has to allow him to play through those mistakes. Yeah. Going back a few years to Mario Hazonia's rookie season with Scott Skiles. Anytime Mario would make a mistake, he had such a short leash that Skiles would pull him almost immediately. Didn't really allow him to develop. You know, we were so you know focused on uh, trying to you know make the playoffs that year or, or whatever the case may be um, that Skiles w- would just yank Mario at a given notice. And in my opinion, that ruined Mario's confidence. And, and I don't think we're going to see the the potential of Mario that we could have seen if he would have been drafted into a better situation. But for Markel to just be able to play those, you know, play through those mistakes is really going to be a big deal. But I was just glad that he was on the court and he didn't look terrible. Made a few mistakes that, in my opinion, are easily fixable. You just don't try to force as much. Let the game come to you, and, and you're going to yeah, be, you know, pretty well off. We got to remember too, like it's it's not that you know he got injured and stuff like that. It's like the man hasn't played basketball in so long. Like, he's just got to shake off this rust. Um, so it's good seeing him taking those shots because I know a lot of people were saying, oh, he's he doesn't have the confidence anymore. It's No, he just – he wasn't shooting. Like, he he had an injury. Um, so it's to me, it's going to be more so him just shaking off the rust. Four turnovers and stuff like that, um, being winded, that's all going to come um, the more he plays and stuff like that with – more preseason games and then the start of the regular season just getting acclimated to the to the game again um and then you know after he shakes off that rust and we can talk about how you know he's pretty much like you said he's a rookie and stuff like that so he's got to work with those uh those things of just learning the game again and stuff like that but right i think this was just like him kind of shaking off the rust first game in taking some shots um, and just getting acclimated to actually playing basketball again. Well, not not only has he not really played you know basketball you know at all in the last you know ten months, uh, at, at least you know in like a five on five you know organized game, but it's been you know for the better part of like two and a half years since he's really played basketball consistently. Yeah, going back to you know early March you know at Washington. Um, he really hasn't played a whole lot of basketball since then, you know, played, you know, the summer league looked really, really good in 2017. Uh, then, you know, played I like maybe, I don't know, 10 or 15 or so games, uh, 20 or so games, you know, his rookie season played a handful of games, you know, last year. So over the last two and a half years, it's been this on again, off again thing with him playing basketball. It's going to take him time to kind of, he's still a rookie. Yeah. 33 games, he hasn't learned the NBA game yet, and the NBA game like hasn't slowed down for him you know, the, the way that it should. But, um, yeah, Markel, it, it's just going to take some time for him. But looking at some other guys, you know, Aaron Gordon in 19 minutes, 14 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, uh, shot 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 0 of 2 from 3. Not really worried about you know, Aaron Gordon's you know, 3-point percentage each year. It's increased, so I think that we can expect that once again this year. But for me, 
a pretty quiet 14 points, you know, six of eight from the floor. Yeah. Um, just looks like once again, he's making great decisions with the basketball, just like he did all of last year, uh, was hitting, you know, the, the turnaround, you know, in the lane, uh, which not really a, a huge fan of that shot, but if he's knocking it down, whatever, had a really nice transition pull up basket, um, you know, another, you know, quick dunk, obviously knocked down both of his free throws. So, uh, Aaron Gordon, we're not going to really need to see too much out of our starters, you know, coming yeah. you know, into to the preseason here um, as far as the offensive side of things goes. Uh, but we just want to make sure that the team is looking good defensively. And speaking of looking good defensively, Jonathan Isaac was just all over the floor last night. I mean, only two blocks and a steal, uh, but just felt like he was altering every defensive play that he was a part of last night. Uh, he was really excited to see how many deflections the Magic had in that game last night. It felt like a whole lot. I don't have the number in front of me, uh, but that's really the main takeaway that I had from that game is just how even right now everybody looks very connected defensively. Yeah, you know, there's a couple of times that they missed you know, some rotations, left a few guys open, like Bryn Forbes, for instance. That dude killed us last night. In 23 minutes, 24 points, 9 of 13 from the floor, shot 5 of 6 from 3. So that kid, <laughs> I, I don't know if he, that's going to continue into the regular season, but the rest of the league better watch out uh, if that's the case. But just going through the rest of the stats here, really the only other thing that really jumps out at you uh, is going to be Mo Bamba. 18 points, 7 rebounds, 3 blocks, an assist, a steal, shot 7 of flo- seven of 11 from the floor, 1 of 4 from 3, and 3 of 5 from the free throw line. In, so, In how many minutes? 19? 19 minutes. Man. 18 points in 19 minutes. He was a plus 27 on the floor. So good. So going back to, to Summer League with Mo, you know, we kind of saw that the jump shot was there. You know, the, the minimal playing time, you know, that he had. I think he just played really in, in one game. And that game, I think, was called – I think that was the earthquake game in Summer League that kind of got called pretty early. But uh, just from that game alone, you could see um, AJ03. What's up, guys? Go Magic. What's up, AJ? On. Go Magic. Um, we got a we got a, a a viewer in the 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 Twitch chat here. So uh, for our you know future episodes, you might hear like little interruptions if we get somebody in the the Twitch chat. But uh, where was I? Mo looked really good in in that summer league game. You know, was knocking down his jump shots, and then last night, you know, not knocking down jump shots, um, running to the rim, you know, tip slams. Mo just looked really, really good last night, especially defensively. Had a couple of blocks that, you know, he just really came out of nowhere. Um, Clifford talked about the fact that not only is he looking better, you know, physically, but like the mental aspect of his game, like the game is just slowing down. He understands where he needs to be better. Um, Yeah. Last season, during the games, he would have to make notes of the other team's big men, and then he and Clifford would would go over his notes you know, after the games to see kind of how they did as my cat is jumping on top of me. Hello, hello. Nope, I'm going to need you to get down here. That's what happens when you're when you're live on the air here. Um, but, Will, just kind of looking, you know, at the highlights here, looking at the box score, uh, it's hard to really keep track of that game last night. Um, what What is, like, kind of your major takeaway? I'm not really too worried about what the Spurs did or didn't do. We're really just focusing on, on the magic here. Um, I would just say defense, you know, they, they – the team obviously they played solid defense, um, scoring at one twenty five to eighty nine. Um, but just to me, it's just the chemistry. Like the team just looks solid, and and it they, f- the flow of the game was so like easy for them, 
and you know it's just the chemistry between all these guys and and playing with the same coaching staff and stuff like that um they just looked so solid last night so and, and going forward, I mean, each, you know, preseason game, um, I think we're going to see the starters, you know, play a little bit more and more as you kind of work up to that last preseason game, which is kind of like a dress rehearsal for the regular season. Um, a couple of guys that also, you know, stood out to me, uh, Josh Majette, you know, Josh Majette looked really, really good last night. Let me pull up the box score uh, again here, but, you know, knocking down, you know, open shots. He's kind of a smaller guy, uh, kind of a thinner frame, but still kind of held his own um, on defense. Uh, let's see, Josh Majette here in seven minutes, eight points, two of two from the three-point line, uh, two rebounds, one assist. So some of these guys we know we're not going to see them on you know the the regular season roster may see them at a certain point, you know, with injuries or yeah. whatever the case may be. But um, I'm definitely thinking uh, I'm going to have to make a couple of trips to, to Lakeland this year uh, in order to, to, to see Josh Majet And then Terrence Ross, the dude is named the human torch for a reason, comes out in preseason, five of 10 from the floor, four of eight from three, 14 points in 17 minutes. I think I was a little bit worried about whether or not Terrence was going to like regress, but if we just keep him in that six man role, um, I think we're in for another big season out, out yeah, of Terrence Ross, good. which is going to be huge for our team and, and for the offense. All right, that's really all I've got for the preseason so far. Uh, looking forward to the next game. Uh, Will and I, a week from today, next Sunday, we're going to be in Orlando uh, for the preseason game against the 76ers. We need to leave. We need to buy our tickets uh, before you leave here tonight, so we cannot forget to do that. As far as the Magic go, uh, I think their next preseason game uh, is going to be. It's Monday. It is tomorrow. Yes, it is tomorrow at Detroit, seven o'clock p.m. Uh, I don't think this game is going to be televised either. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but um, as we found out last night, if there's a will, there's a way. Somebody got hold of the Jumbotron stream uh, from the AT&T Center you know, in San Antonio. We were able to watch the game that way. Um, not the best way to watch a game. Yeah. That's, that's all I'll kind of say. Uh, just at times, like some really bad you know, angles, camera angles. You can't see the score. The only you know, way you can really see the time is, you know, on the shot clock. So uh, Orlando Magic personnel, if you're out there, if you somehow stumble upon this podcast, Will and I, if you just pay for us to fly out there, our hotel, <laughs> our food, whatever, we will just sit there with our iPhones. Oh, you have an iPhone. I don't have what, one. Whatever. Our phones, whatever. Stream the game. Give us some way to display the the score, the time. We'll commentate the game. Who cares? <laughs> Whatever. The point is, just please find a way to just give us the crappiest, decent preseason stream that you can, so that we can actually, you know, follow along, you know, with with these games. There's a lot of people that are so diehard and follow this team twenty four seven, three sixty five. Oh, yeah. They just want to see these games, you know, regardless of the quality or commentators, no commentators. Whatever, we just want to see it. So please find a way to make that happen. All right, Will, let's get to some fan questions, uh, and then we can close it out here. So first up, from our boy Jeff Weltgod, as a lot of you may know him on Twitter, at MagicMan816, he's saying, it looks like the bench will be Fultz, Ross, Aminu, 
Bamba, and MCW. Unfortunately, this means Birch will only play when a center gets injured, but even worse, it appears like Wes is out of the rotation. What should the Magic do? Does he deserve time over, say, Michael Carter-Williams? So I think what he's asking is, out apart from the, the starting five, um, he thinks the second unit is going to be Fultz, Aminu, Ross, Bamba, and MCW. So Birch obviously is left out of the mix there, but I think kind of a bigger deal is Wes. Looks like he's going to be left out of the rotation. So first of all, what do you think about the bench being those five guys, so a 10-man rotation, and then Wes being left out, and whether or not he deserves to play over Michael Carter-Williams? Um, whether or not he deserves to play, um, I mean, it's tough. It's just as the season goes, um, you know, defense matters. Um, being able to to uh, to take the ball up the court matters. Um, but now we have, you know, uh, Fultz there to, to dribble the ball up. But, um, I mean, it just depends how the season starts. So season starts and and uh, Mike Carter Williams isn't looking too good. Obviously, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind a one dude playing. Um, but yeah, I just, it's tough because I know Clifford's already said he wants to stick with a nine man rotation just because it's hard to give minutes and have players get into a rhythm right. when there's ten guys playing. Um, but you know, it it just it, to me it depends on what coach sees and feels his best i've got a hot take go for it are you ready okay i'll get to the hot take in a moment it's in the microwave it's heating up so fultz ross aminu bamba that's going to be for the most part the only guys coming off of the bench like you just mentioned clifford has stated you know it feels like multiple times now um that he likes a nine-man rotation most recently like you said i believe he was speaking with john denton Maybe it was Josh Robbins. Can't remember. I apologize. Uh, but said, like you're saying right now, that playing the, that 10th guy, it's hard enough to find everybody on that bench unit enough minutes really to get into a rhythm and, and feel like they've had enough time to play yeah. and play well. Right. So right off the bat, I'm going to say that Michael Carter-Williams does not see significant playing time barring injuries to you know another uh, guard or they've talked about him playing at the three. Uh, which remains to be seen, but but we'll see. So Fultz, Ross, Aminu, Bamba. This is the thing, the thing that I will say about Michael Carter-Williams. And I kind of got this vibe last year, not too long after we signed him. I really feel like Michael, and this is my hot take, I really feel like there's a little bit of nepotism from Clifford to Michael Carter-Williams Um just that relationship. I feel like there's a little bit of favoritism that that's really just like one of Clifford's guys. Whatever the case may be, the first chance he got to bring him in last year, he did. He did, yeah. We needed to. Michael Carter-Williams played fantastic. I love Michael Carter-Williams. This is not a shot against Clifford or Michael Carter-Williams. Just want to get that out there. But um, one of the first press conferences that uh, Clifford was doing after we signed Michael Carter-Williams is he's talking about how smart you know, Michael Carter Williams is defensively. Michael Carter is off of, you know, off the frame just a little bit to his right. And he turns over and goes, yeah, I'm telling these guys how smart you are. Like it was just kind of, it was like a a cool thing, but you can tell they have like a good relationship. Right. And the fact that they told him to bulk up a little bit so that he could play some at the three, if needed to, in my mind is kind of just like, yes, I I understand the logic, but maybe it's just kind of, and I might be the only person thinking this. I might be an idiot. I might be crazy, but just to see if 
he can somehow work a way to get Michael Carter-Williams some minutes some and, and minutes, get him yeah. into the lineup. But um, in my opinion, I really like Wes a lot. Uh, and this is kind of my nepotism. I would just rather see Wes uh, in the lineup. I want Wes to play so well in the preseason and so well in practice. I want him to outplay Aminu. I want Wes to be in the rotation. I just feel like he's a guy that has worked so hard and has improved, you know, in his first two seasons so much um, that I, I really just want to see him, you know, in the lineup. I feel like he makes almost no mistakes when he's in the game. He's a guy that you never have to question what you're getting from him. Yeah. He's improved his three point shooting significantly. Great hair. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm just really, really a big fan uh, of West. So, um, does he deserve time over Michael Carter Williams? I would say just because of the fact that, um, I think you're getting a little bit more out of Michael Carter Williams offensively, as far as, you know, him being able to, to push the pace and everything like that is another guy who minimally makes mistakes. So I think when it comes to those guys, you can just kind of flip a coin and I'm really okay with whoever you're putting into the rotation, but yeah. uh, selfishly and just, you know, my bias, I really like MCW, but I like West just a little bit more. So that's, that's kind of my take on that. So next question uh, from our boy, Carson Tulo at Lil Tulo, our boy, he said, I'll be missing the stream. Sadly, that's okay. Uh, we appreciate you listening. He said, although it's been one preseason game, I noticed AG looked a lot more demanding and controlling of the team. He brought the floor down, uh, brought excuse me, brought the ball down the floor off of defensive rebounds, was making good moves in the mid-range game, and just overall seemed like the guy on the team. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Do you agree or do you disagree? Do you feel like AG is playing like he is the guy? Uh, based, it's only one preseason game. Yeah, based off of one preseason game, um, you know, just seeing a little bit of it, you know, he played well, and if he continues to play as well as he did, you know, our expectations are high for him. Right. You know, so we're hoping that this is the year that he makes that leap, um, and becomes the all star that we all hope that he can become. So based off of last night's game, you know, he played well. You know, I. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to see the whole entire game. Um, just being trying to stream it off of my phone, what going in and out and stuff like that. Um, but you know, watching the highlights and stuff, he played extremely well. So, I mean, for me, fourteen points in nineteen minutes, six of eight from the floor. Yeah, he was Missed, solid. You know, two threes, but that's just very efficient, under control. Uh, fourteen points in nineteen minutes, you can never be mad at that at all. But then added four rebounds, three assists. And one steal. If Aaron just decides, you know, especially, you know, he's added, you know, the post moves, his dribble looks tighter. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, like I I have been saying this, I feel like for a few weeks, I think Aaron, even with Vooch being on the team, I think Aaron is still our best bet. If I was going to bet on anybody to be an all-star this year, to me, it would be Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Now is the time. We've been waiting on this guy. This is his sixth year in the league. He's got all of the physical, you know, capabilities in the world, works on his game relentlessly, has become you know a leader on this team he's the guy uh, that I think is going to be our defensive player of the year for the magic just because yeah Isaac's upside as a defender might be a little bit higher but I think right now AG is still going to draw you know the the best uh the you know defensive assignment for the other team's best perimeter player every yep. single night um so yeah short answer yeah I think Aaron Gordon is is ready to to be the guy 
Next question from at uh, AJ Freeman 29, uh, Andrew Freeman on Twitter. Is Wes out of the rotation? We just kind of went over that. Uh, unfortunately, yes, I think Wes um, is out of the rotation. So from our boy Stephen Cameron from the Close Up Magic, what do you take away from a preseason game? Talked a little bit about this, uh, but I mean, basically just what you can take away from a preseason game, especially the first preseason game uh, where the other team really didn't play all of their starters yeah. and the starters that did play didn't play for basically half of the game. The only thing that I think you can take away from this is that we looked good. Yeah. That's about it. I mean, the team, I think, is right now right where they need to be. Just need to stay on track, uh, keep preparing the same way, keep attacking You know, every film session, every practice the, the same way. You know, right after, uh, you know, basically at, right after Christmas last year, Vooch came out and said, you know, Right now, every game is game seven for us. We know that for the rest of the season. They yeah. closed out the year 22-9. and nine. I think for 82 games this year, they need to treat everything the same way. And right now, I think they are. That's, that's kind of my main takeaway. Yeah, just based off of last night's game, you know, just them playing with energy and going up by as much as they did and not letting, you know, taking their foot off the brake and stuff like that and just continuing to, to play hard throughout the game is something that we need to see going forward into the season as well just because we have these big leads and stuff like that that we're not you know letting up on the other team you know like we, we said it I'm, I know we said it last year too but um these are all NBA teams right you know they got every team has some of the best players in the world you know the league it has the best players in the world so any team can come back you know so they can't just take it easy just because they're up by 10, 15, 20 points. So watching it, you know, watching last night's game, is it's good and it's refreshing to see that, you know, they continued to play with energy um, and they were focused throughout the entire game. I love the, the point that you just made because in previous years, you know, kind of even, you know, the first half of last year, we would get up on teams and then we would let them come back into the game, exactly. make it really close at the end. Um, but as the season went on last year, it just seemed like, especially as we got, you know, to those last 10 or 12 games that the Magic got up and they, they would just close the doors, you know, on teams yeah. and, and put them away. But uh, just preseason trying really not to overreact to this win. Um, but that's kind of, you know, what we can take from that. Uh, and then from Stanley Swanson at Stanley Swanson zero on Twitter, if Fultz ends up our starter by the end of the season, that puts him in the race for most improved, right? Right or wrong? I I would say right. So you think just him starting, becoming the starter for the oh, team, okay. so playing well enough to become the starter depends. puts him in the race for most improved. It depends. It depends on how he's playing. Um, but for him to take over that starting job, I would have to see, it, I feel like it would be a big improvement over DJ. And from what DJ did last year, um, you know, just being our guy, um, at that point guard position, I would, I would, I would like to see him as most improved. Maybe it's more of a, you know, wishful so thinking. The, uh, Orlando magic UK, um, you know, our, our friends across the pond, they put out kind of like, a. Not really a quiz, but just like a, a fill in the blank. You know, it was like MVP for the Magic, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth yeah. Man of the Year, and then like most improved. So my most improved for that was Markel Fultz. By default, just because of the fact if he plays at all this year, that's just a gigantic deal. Yeah. 
traded for him last year. If he's on the court, you know, significantly and consistently this year, to me, by default, he is our most improved player. Now, for the NBA, every single season, there's a guy that comes out of nowhere, like last year, Pascal Siakam, right? That it just seems like every single year, there's a guy that either wasn't too great before, or you know, has had you know just been kind of average, and then just kind of gets into the right situation, and then just blows up. That's going to happen somewhere probably elsewhere in the league this year. It might happen with us. It might be Markel Fultz, but you can almost bet on at least one or two guys kind of coming out of nowhere. Happens almost every single year. Yeah. So I think just with the expectation that Fultz had coming into the league, um, if he plays just kind of marginally better than DJ and he gives us more versatility defensively, you know, as a starter, um, and is just able to push the ball a little bit more than DJ if he becomes our starter. I don't think that's going to be enough. I think for Markel to win most improved, he's probably going to have to be somewhere around like, you know, 14, 15 points a game. The team's going to have to play really well. He's going to have to be really, really good defensively. So, no, I, I think that might put him in the race, um, but I definitely don't think it puts him towards the top just yeah, I don't if he think becomes it's put the on, starter. Yeah, he's not going to win it because of that. And, and I have to say, uh, I think that the Magic and you know the Magic fans, obviously the, the organization hasn't said almost anything in, until the last couple of weeks about Markel, but for the most part, I think the fan base has done a good job of kind of tempering expectations. He didn't look amazing last night, and everybody was like, this is okay. You know? Yeah. Where, I mean, I can't even fathom what the Philadelphia fans were saying with like every single turnover because we all know that, you know, he's still living in their heads rent free and they just watch every single move that he makes. But good job, Magic fans. I think we're 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 taking this in stride and, and, and taking this pretty well. So last question here before we end the show here from our friends at the Zone BB. What do you think of Markel's all about the team? attitude does that make other guys more confident does it take some responsibility from Markel how did you guys see its impact just kind of this attitude that he always has that everything is all about the team do you think it's to try to boost up the team he's just really a team guy or is he trying to shed some of the responsibility from him no I I think he's really a team guy you know me too I I think everybody on the team is like that they don't want to make it you know, me, 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 me. It's it's literally all about the team. I think that's something Clifford has like uh, instilled in this team that it's not all one guy. It's about the team, and you know we're gonna go as far as we can go because of the team, not just because one guy can do this and whatnot. So yeah, I, I think it's him being, you know, himself and and wanting the best for the team. The one of the like the biggest compliments I think that I can pay Markel is so far with all of his media interactions and, you know, every time he's kind of, you know, talked to the media and been interviewed is that the kid seems like really genuine. Yeah. Everything that he says, I don't feel like it's rehearsed. I don't feel like he's saying it just because he knows it's the right thing. Um, just kind of reading his body language. I really feel like he means everything that he says and, um, you know, up to this point. So I don't think that it's to, you know, or that maybe I'm not understanding the the question correctly. I don't think that um, he's like deflecting responsibility in any way or trying to like take expectations off of him. Um, and I don't think it, it does kind of release expectations from him. I just think he is so happy to be playing basketball again. Yeah, he knows what he's capable individually, but he is going to do whatever it takes for this team to win. 
whether that's him, you know, playing great or whether that's him just kind of playing his role and, and yeah. just being a role player and allowing guys like Evan and Aaron and, um, you know, Vooch to kind of take over and he just fill his role. Um, I, I love his attitude. I love the fact that he's, you know, team first. John and Jeff are always talking about the fact that it's such a big deal that they look at the character before they look at the player. I think this is just a really good example of that. Exactly. I don't have anything else. That's it. All right, guys. Well, this was our first live Twitch stream. Um, Not many people watched, but it was was a lot of fun. I feel like we're basically just doing the same thing we always do, but now we just have a a camera in front of us. Just have to be a little bit, you know, careful about (laughs) messing up and and stuff like that. But um, if you guys want to follow us on Twitch, that'll be a really big help. Uh, You'll get notifications to your phone if you set it up that way every time we go live. So if you don't want to wait for Monday to hear our new episode and you want to see it live, if you want to, you know, put some questions in the chat for us to answer some questions. And we actually have one more coming in uh, from the Twitch stream right now, but uh, just follow us at twitch.tv slash sixth man show, just like you follow us on Twitter and Instagram. But AJ on Twitch wants to know, um, are you guys worried about any regression from Vooch this year? Could hurt us a lot if his three ball falls off. So really quick, Will, are you worried about Vooch uh, and his three ball? No. I'm not too worried about it. No, I think... I, look, so I do... I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if his numbers kind of dip. But that's just because of the improvement that Mo Bamba and Jonathan Isaac, we expect them to make. Um, but if his three ball dips a little bit, I'm hoping that there's enough guys on the team that have improved to kind of, you know, take that step. I really don't think his three ball is going to fall off. Um, I don't think he was, like, lighting the world on fire last yeah, year. I'm, pretty sure he shot pretty close to 35%, which is the league average. Yeah. So even if he shoots, like, maybe 34%, I don't think it's going to be the biggest difference in the world. But there are just other things that he gives you offensively, you know, the, the ability to, to post up. Um, you know, he can kind of run that high pick and roll. He's a great pa- passer yeah. um, in general. So, um, no, I'm not really worried about regression from Vooch. Um, his game does not rely on, like, athleticism and stuff it's just kind of skill uh and his basketball iq which i think are all going to be intact uh but we expect other guys to step up like aaron gordon you know jonathan isaac mo bamba you know all these other guys so (laughs) everybody else if he regresses a little bit you know we expect those other guys to kind of raise up the team as well so uh, i don't think vooch will regress all that much if he does i I don't think it will be the end of the world but great question but we're gonna wrap things up here so once again uh follow us twitch.tv slash six man show as always you can follow us on twitter facebook and instagram make sure you go to itunes leave us a rating and review always a big help but for your boys jonathan and will we will catch you guys next time see you guys see ya thanks for listening to the six man show Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!